In the life of the church, we think of Christmas beyond just December 25, the day we celebrate the birth of Jesus. It's a season, rather, a very short one. And it concludes today as we celebrate the baptism of Jesus. And one pastor, theologian, describes the Christmas season in the church as containing three great epiphanies. Epiphany, of course, meaning revelation or showing. And for us in the church, epiphany means the revealing of God in the human person of Jesus. And through this revealing, the world is shown for whom God has come. And the first great epiphany was the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, when Mary and Joseph were visited by the shepherds, who were told by an angel of this miracle birth of the Messiah. And they went and they met Jesus there in Bethlehem. And the shepherds in this epiphany story represent the poor, the marginalized, those that society deems less than. It seems it's to them that Jesus has been revealed. It's to them that God has come. The second great epiphany, which many celebrated yesterday and many churches celebrate today, is when the three wise men were told about the birth of this royal baby. They follow a star, and they encounter Jesus, and they bring him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, gifts fit for a king. The wise men, or the magi, represent all nations, Gentiles, everyone beyond the Jewish people. It's to these people, too, that Jesus has come, that God has been revealed. And today we have the third great epiphany, the baptism of Jesus, as we heard in today's gospel lesson from Mark. Baptism as a whole will always remain a mystery to me as we celebrate it as one of our sacraments. And every time we do, I find myself wanting to understand it more so I can convey what it means a little more. I always ask, what is this all about? What exactly is happening in baptism? What was happening out there in the River Jordan, in the wilderness, through John the Baptist? So before we pray and explore more together, let's hear this gospel lesson again in another version taken from The Message, which is a paraphrase of the Bible by Eugene Peterson. Let's listen again for God's word to us. John the baptizer appeared in the wild preaching a baptism of life change that leads to forgiveness of sins. People thronged to him from Judea and Jerusalem, and as they confessed their sins, they were baptized by him in the Jordan into a changed life. John wore a camel hair habit, tied at the waist with a leather belt. He ate locusts and wild field honey. And as he preached... He said the real action comes next. The star in this drama, to whom I am a mere stagehand, will change your life. I'm baptizing you here in the river, turning your old life in for a kingdom life. His baptism, a holy baptism by the Holy Spirit, will change you from the inside out. At this time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. The moment he came out of the water, he saw the sky split open and God's spirit like a dove 
come down on him. And along with the spirit of voice, you are my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life, my great joy. Let us pray. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations in each of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, this third great epiphany comes much later than the shepherds and the wise men. Jesus is no longer a baby, obviously. He's probably around 30 years old when he leaves his home in Nazareth and heads to the wilderness to his cousin John the baptizer. Jesus has joined crowds and crowds of others who have poured into the wilderness from all over, seeking this baptism of forgiveness that John's been preaching. Well, why all the fuss over John the Baptist and what he's doing out there? Why are so many numbers flocking to him? It offers a window into the context of the time of Jesus in first century Palestine. Life was not easy then. Roman rule was very oppressive for the people. And the belief that when things got so bad, the end of the world might be near drove a lot of people to the wilderness. Because if the end times brought judgment, they wanted to make sure that they were ready and clean and worthy. So out to the wilderness they go for this ritual cleansing of the waters of baptism. But first they confess their wrongs to make sure they get straight with God. And as they repent, meaning make a change of heart through those waters, they come out changed with the salvation of forgiveness. Well, Jesus gets in line with these very salvation-seeking sinners, standing with them, beside them. He's wanting and ready to receive the same baptism as they do, as they will. And it's finally his turn. He's baptized by his cousin. And as he rises up out of the water, Jesus has his own epiphany. He seems to be the only one who experiences this epiphany. As he looks up, he sees the sky rip open and coming down is the Spirit of God in the shape of a dove. And he hears the voice of God. You are my son, and you I am well pleased. You are my beloved. Like everyone else, Jesus that day was baptized into a changed life. His life would never be the same, having heard that information and saw what he saw. In this third great epiphany story of Christmas, God shows that us that along with the poor and the lowly like the shepherds, along with the Gentiles from faraway nations, Jesus comes to all humankind. Jesus comes to show us that God is not somewhere up there behind the clouds, or somewhere far away, but rather right here and right now, very near to us, standing in the same lines as us, on the same muddy banks that we find ourselves standing on, standing with us in all the ways we feel guilt or shame or fear or not good enough, standing with us with our longing for forgiveness and the freedom that that brings, standing with us 
in all the ways that the skies above us are ripped open by unexpected tragedy or unwanted change, or by the voice of God that we hear calling us to something new, and we're excited but hesitant, or we are resistant, or we are downright terrified. This time of year for us in our culture and much of the world is a season of change, of skies tearing open for various reasons. Many of us this time of year make resolutions to change from old ways that haven't been serving ourselves or anyone, changing into something new. We profess to make a new start, confessing that the old life isn't working very well. So like the people at the Jordan, we too decide to make a change. For many of us here at Knox in recent days, it has been a season of skies tearing open by the reality of death. We've had several funerals and memorials in the past few weeks and more to come this week. Death is a reality but also is the celebration of those that we love and who have died. And many of us have family and friends all around us grieving and adjusting to the great change that comes with death. For others of us, most of us now are on the other side of family time and special visits with, for the holidays. For some of us, it was great joy with a lot of thanksgiving. For others, relations with those we love are strained, if not just simply broken altogether. Maybe for some of us, we are sick or those we love are very sick, and we are fearful. We may long for our skies to open up and bring something new. We may long to look up as Jesus did and see the Spirit of God coming down through the gaping wound and bring down a remedy to fix us and everyone and everything. The passage tells us it was like a dove that came down on Jesus. In the other Gospels, the evangelists proclaim that this spirit of the dove remained on Jesus. That spirit empowered Jesus that day to begin his earthly ministry, to carry out everything God called him to do. And he had a new understanding of his identity through the voice that came down from heaven that he was God's son, he was chosen for something big in this world. And that identity was revealed to the world with every miracle he performed, every person he healed, to every person whose sight was restored, or the ability to walk was given, to every person he freed of a demon, to every person he brought back to life from death. In every act of his ministry, more was revealed about who God was for the world. And he faithfully abided with that spirit, that dove that rested on him. He was obedient to his mission to go into the world and proclaim God's love for all people. At the end of his earthly mission, Jesus promised to his followers that he would send this same spirit, the advocate or helper, that they would be with God and be helped by God in their own ministry, in their own calling to go out into the world and help change lives and hearts. 
to help bring that spirit of God to change lives from the inside out. And it's at the very end of Matthew's gospel that Jesus says, before he leaves the earth, now you also go out and baptize all people in my name, in the name of God, in the name of the Spirit. Teach them everything I have taught you, which in some is to love. And remember, I am not far away. I'm not somewhere over there or somewhere up there hiding behind the clouds. I'm right here with you, standing in the same lines, on the same muddy banks, standing with you in your confusion or excitement under the same skies that are ripped open, revealing something blue and shiny and also something stormy and torn apart. I stand with you in your desire to begin anew, your desire to receive liberation from God's forgiveness. Friends, that same spirit that landed on Jesus that day is the same spirit that abides in us and upon us. It's the same spirit that hovered over the void at the very beginning in the creation story. The same spirit that then hovered over the Jordan, beginning to bring new life into the world. That image of the dove has been very helpful for me. When you have a dove of a spirit resting on your shoulder, you can't walk very fast and expect it to remain there very easily. And if I'm always in a hurry walking as quickly as I usually do, how can that dove hold on and how can I really be still enough to listen to what God might be saying to me each moment of each day? So the image of the dove helps me in my meditation time. If I'm troubled, I imagine that dove, the heat of that body against my cheek. And I imagine God's sweet, still voice speaking to me words of peace. Another image of the Holy Spirit I have learned about is the image of a wild goose. And some of you know in the Celtic Christian tradition, the Holy Spirit is a wild goose. So while the dove of peace sits here, I have the wild goose sitting over here. And if we look at Mark's gospel story today, the very next sentence after our lesson, it says that that dove of the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. Jesus had to go figure out who he was and be prepared for God's mission for him. And that's what I think the role of the Spirit called the wild goose is, to stay on this shoulder. And while the dove encourages us with peace and words of encouragement, it's the wild goose that then takes us out into the world, often into our own wildernesses, where we are to listen for God and trust God with our path. And we have to remember that Jesus was baptized into his ministry that was a, a life of obedience, suffering, that he gave away his life for the sake of others all the way to his death. In our own baptism, we too are baptized into that same life we have the same call to be obedient, but trusting that God knows what's best for us. And that even though one day we too will face death, that that spirit leads us into new life. So while the dove gives us courage and peace, may we also listen to the wild spirit and be willing to follow. We never know when the wild goose will take off. We never know what direction it will go or if it will ever land. And that's the adventure of the life of a disciple 
in the path of Jesus. Today we have the joy of acknowledging the two sacraments we celebrate in our tradition as Presbyterians, baptism and the Lord's Supper. To baptism we bring God's gift of water, to God's gift of this font. We bring ourselves and our children, but the Spirit does the rest. What happens in baptism is a mystery. To this table, we bring God's gifts of bread and God's gifts of the cup, and we bring ourselves, but the Spirit does the rest. We can't truly understand what happens at that table, but the promise is that God is present, working and changing us from the inside out. Friends, may these meditations upon the beautiful spirit of God that shows up in many forms for us bring us encouragement and remind us never to forget to pause and listen. And then once we hear, to go out into the world following in the path of our brother Jesus. Thanks be to God. Amen.